Hey there! Every month, Annie has a call with our Path365 members and answers their questions. She tackles a wide range of topics from what to do with big emotions, what kinds of tips and advice she has for addressing difficult situations, how to deal with cravings, and so much more. Listen in as she does some real-life coaching for our Path members. Hey, Annie, why don't you call yourself an alcoholic? Oh gosh, there's so many reasons I don't call myself an alcoholic. First of all, the term is actually scientifically and medically out of date. So it is not really used in the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, the DSM-5. It is not used anymore. There's nothing in there that says alcoholic. It is actually alcohol use disorder, which is a spectrum of use and abuse. And interestingly, fascinatingly, you only have to answer two of the, I believe, 11 questions as affirmative to have alcohol use disorder. Two of those questions are, do you need to drink more than you used to to get the same you know, effect in the body? Every single drinker I know, that's true. There's a thing called tolerance. If you drink any amount of alcohol over any prolonged period of time, you need more of it to do the same thing as that first drink did for you. And one of the other questions is, have you ever had an instance where you wished you would have drank less than you did? Have you ever had an instance basically where you overdrank and you had regret? And again, every single drinker I know would say yes to that question. So basically based on those two questions, every drinker I know has mild alcohol use disorder, but we have this big, intense term alcoholic. And if you think for a minute, like if you, if you were to close your eyes and just ask yourself, like, am I an alcoholic? Can you just feel the energy inside your body drop? Can you just feel the panic rise? Can you just feel the tightness and the intensity of that question? Because there's so much baggage and cultural conditioning and societal norms and so much intensity around that question. Because that question in our culture means if I'm an alcoholic, I'm going to be ostracized possibly from my friends and family. I'm not going to be invited places anymore. I'm going to have a lifelong, by the way, incurable disease, which is what a lot of sources say, especially from you know traditional recovery communities, that I'm going to have to fight against this disease, be in battle with it for the rest of my life, and there will be no known cure, and that everything is going to feel dark and heavy. And if you consider, like, if I'm trying to figure out if I need a doctor, and the only way I need a doctor is if I have to decide ahead of time that I have an incurable disease, I'm gonna put off that decision as long as humanly possible. Let me say that another way. I believe that the term alcoholic causes so much fear for people, especially when according to medical and scientific texts, like we don't even need to use that term anymore, but the term causes so much fear. And that question, am I an alcoholic causes so much fear. And there's so many people, including me, who Google that late at night and try to take random quizzes and try to figure out, am I one, am I not one? And if it's up to us, because there's no blood test, by the way, there's no genetic test. There's no, hey, you have these genes in the affirmative. Yes, this is you. There's no diagnostic test. Your doctor cannot diagnose you an alcoholic like they could diagnose you with any other, quote, disease. But you go into this and you have so much fear. And because you have to self-diagnose, what is the brain going to do to preserve its, its own like sanity? It's going to say no <laughs> for as long as humanly possible. 
The answer to that question is going to be a no, which is why I believe the term alcoholic actually predicates a rock bottom, meaning that if, if I have to be the one to diagnose myself as an alcoholic, if I have to be the one who's going to say, yes, all this stuff is true. Okay. Now I finally need to either go get help from my doctor. I need to start to check myself into some sort of rehab center. Or I need to start to go to meetings for the rest of my life. If I am going to be the one that has to say that everything in me is going to find every tiny little loophole and reason to say, no, I'm not. Everything in me is going to push off that diagnosis, that self-diagnosis for as long as humanly possible. And guess what's going to happen in my life in the time that I am continuously pushing off that incredibly painful self-diagnosis. My life is going to get worse because alcohol is going to make my life continuously worse because you don't drink less alcohol over time. You drink more alcohol over time. You don't have fewer problems over time when you're drinking alcohol. You have more problems over time when you're drinking alcohol. So just the very nature of the term, because I have to self-diagnose it, because there's so much pain associated with it, emotional pain, pain and fear of the future so much shame, so much blame. I'm going to put off any self-diagnosis and therefore put off any need or desire to get help, which is why I think the term is just so harmful to those of us who are questioning our drinking. Because it is said in traditional recovery circles that until you're ready to admit that you're an alcoholic, you really can't even take the first step because that is the first step, right? And so I think a far more useful question is would I be happier drinking a bit less alcohol? Would my life be better if I drank a bit less alcohol? That's why I created the always free alcohol experiment. You can always join it at alcoholexperiment.com. It's a 30 day challenge. You just dip a toe. You decide in your own life, would you be happier drinking a bit less alcohol? You don't have to self-diagnose with this, you know, what is known as this lifelong disease. But I, I say known as, because again, it's it's common knowledge. It's in our cultural zeitgeist, but it's not actually scientifically or medically even used. The term is not even used. So we have this huge cultural common knowledge burden of if I'm over drinking, I'm an alcoholic. And yet it's not even what's used in the medical and scientific community. And it prevents us from getting help earlier in our relationship with alcohol. It prevents us from being more honest with ourselves about our drinking. And it prevents us based on fear and shame and blame. And so I think the term is frankly, just pretty dang useless. Now, I know that there are people who have told me, they say, Annie, I use the term alcoholic because once I decided that I was an alcoholic, I made the declaration. And then I said, I can never drink again in safety because I'm an alcoholic. And that has kept me from not drinking. Now, if that is working for you, you stick to that. That's great. That's great for you. But there are so many people who are in this, like, am I, what's happening with me? Am I over drinking? Am I drinking too much? For whom that term, because of its heaviness, because of its weight, because of everything that we've attached to it, the baggage, the like tons and tons of baggage that we've attached to that term is actually preventing people from asking the simple question, would my life be better drinking a bit less? Because if the fear is, if I say I want to change my drinking, that means I'm an alcoholic, what are we going to do? We're going to put off changing our drinking for as long as humanly possible. Another big problem that I have with the term alcoholic is that it creates separation. It creates this us and them mentality. I lived for so long believing that because I was not an alcoholic, because I literally had a friend go to AA, 
come back from AA. And I asked her, I was like, what about my drinking? I drink with you. I drink the same amount. She came back from AA and she goes, Annie, I have learned that I'm an alcoholic. I was born this way and you're not. And how am I going to argue with that? I didn't go to AA. I didn't learn what she learned. I knew nothing about this, but now all of a sudden in my mind, she was the expert. That's how it worked, right? You knew. And I literally, I did end up having people write me after I wrote this naked mind and said, well, this book hasn't been written from the point of view of a true alcoholic or Annie is not alcoholic enough. So what does that even mean? What does that even mean? But the point is that there's people who are quote alcoholics. And, and by the way, there's no diagnosis again. There's no, no one saying this is true about these people. This is not true about these people. There's no, again, it's not even in the medical like zeitgeist or even in the medical, you know, diagnostic manual. It is not a diagnosable thing except internally by you, or maybe by this group of peers who's also telling you, yeah, they are, they aren't, but there's no clinical diagnosis, right? So all of a sudden <clears throat> I have somebody telling me I am not one. What does that tell me? I'm not going to fit in an AA. I'm not going to like, you know, and I'm not thinking this consciously because I'm, I'm literally just in the throes of over drinking. And what else it's telling me is that, okay, I can't really get help there. And I guess I don't really have a problem. So I might as well just keep drinking. I kept drinking for six years after that moment. Do I wish I would have stopped drinking sooner? I do. But the reality was I didn't even see a point because either you're an alcoholic or you're a quote, normal drinker. Another term that has come from um, really the big book in AA circles that you're this normal drinker. That's not scientifically true. Every single human being is on a spectrum between problem drinking and not problem drinking. And arguably, according to the World Health Organization, at this point in history, any drinking is problem drinking. Any drinking has repercussions. Any amount of alcohol is unsafe and causes problems in the human body. Not, not some, any. So here's the thing. <laughs> when I had this false us and them, not only did it prevent me from getting help sooner or even asking questions sooner because I said, well, I guess I'm a normal drinker. I guess I don't fit in in those circles. But also it prevents so many of us from even questioning our drinking because we can't judge our drinking on, do I have too many hangovers? Am I not feeling that good? Is this something that's maybe like adding too many calories, empty calories in my life? Is this something that just is making me regret things I said and did? No, we're judging it on. I only need to change this if I'm an alcoholic. Now that is thankfully changing, but that was so true when I wrote this Naked Mind back in 2015. It was so true that it wouldn't even enter into somebody's mind to think about changing their drinking unless they had a problem. It was so true that I literally had people messaging me after they heard I stopped drinking. I'm so sorry. I can't imagine what might've happened in your life for you to have stopped drinking because the assumption was only people who have really big problems with alcohol are going to question their drinking. Now, again, that is drastically changing, but in summary, the term alcoholic is not scientifically or medically used. It it like literally predicates, it creates rock bottom experiences because it prevents us from asking simple questions like would I be happier drinking less sooner? And it creates this us and them mentality where if we are a quote normal drinker, we feel safe and perhaps end up drinking a lot longer than we need to just because we have this idea that only alcoholics stop drinking. Now there's other reasons that I think this term is really not useful for us anymore. And we think, I think we should just honestly retire it. But that is why... <laughs> 
I do not use the term alcoholic for myself. And that's why I encourage people not to use it. I think it's heavy. I think the answer to us truly finding freedom is by finding positive emotion, not negative emotion. And for me, at least, the term alcoholic creates an incredible amount of negative emotion. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you're ready to see how this naked mind can help you on your personal health and wellness journey and want to learn more, Go to thisnakedmindpodcast.com to learn what your next best step is. Again, that's thisnakedmindpodcast.com. We have all of our free resources, programs, social links, and more available for you there. Plus, if you have your own naked life story to share, you can submit it there as well. Until next week, stay curious.